Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast, and I am one of your co-hosts, Netanel Ted Deutsch, and I'm here with my other co-host, Julie Babs Bernsenbrook, and we have a special co-host today, and our co-host is Rabbi Drew Kaplan, the chaplain at Cedar Village, and Rabbi, say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Ted I like and Andrew, Julie. Andrew, not Drew, but right. you know, we debate that all the time. <laughs> so anyway, today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021, yep. and yes. it is the 6th of Kislev. So we're on Kislev now, and it's 5782. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I was in New York City for the wedding of my dreams. It was uh, the Jared Steinberg's wedding, and he married Allison Wasserman, and it was an unbelievable wedding. And besides the fact that it was so... Like it was like a celebrity wedding, and it, the who? What celebrities were there? The families, these families. Uh, oh, there's. Yes. Oh, you're calling like, them celebrities? Yeah. Okay. But I have to tell you, the one thing above all else, above all the uh-huh. things that you, you could see and witness and experience in this wedding, including like the flowers and the twenty piece band, and the food, the fried Oreos, but <laughs> the love. One of the kids loved like. Fried Oreos? Well, that was one of the desserts they sent around. It was like an Oreo in like a donut. It was uh, along mm. with churros and so everything. And s- moon uh, pies. You felt the every- love between the two the people? The love between the children. The love. When we, when we would be sitting, the Cincinnati group would be sitting, and one of the New York people came over. First of all, they were super friendly. And they had those New York people, super friendly. Super friendly, yeah. yeah they were from the <laughs> island under the Hamptons or Manhattan. And they had the great accents. But the first thing they said <laughs> is about the parents and about the girls, whole girls, said, these are the most wonderful people you've ever met. You wouldn't mm. know. You wouldn't know by what you're seeing here. You, these are the most wonderful one. And I have to tell you, this was going on. And it wasn't just once or twice. It was every time. And there were 17 speeches at the rehearsal dinner. But they were, it was like a <laughs> comedy show. And the kids each raved about either the bride or the groom in the same fashion. Highest level of people. They always gave me good advice. If you needed them, they were there for you. That's what added to this wedding that was unbelievable. But in truth, the colors, the food. Where was the wedding at? The first part of the wedding, the service with this chuppah, with this unbelievable amount of beautiful, it smelled like lilacs when you walked into the room, (laughs) was at the Historical Society. And then down the block, the wedding itself was in the Natural History Museum with a giant whale over us. Now, (laughs) we all had to be tested six hours before, and we had to put it on the New York app. You could not come in. So there was a lot of good jokes about this is the most negative crowd. Um, (laughs) You know, it it was really, it was very, it was very well done and you felt very comfortable. But I have to tell you, the love in there was amazing. And the weather was incredibly perfect. It's, Uh you couldn't ask for a better weekend. Wow. Uh, now, I was ner- I was nervous to go out to New York, but I'll tell you, it, you know, because of COVID. Where are these two lovebirds honeymooning? Uh, I don't know if they're going on a honeymoon yet. They're talking about it, you know, because of COVID, no one is quite sure what to do with They were talking a little bit about it. But, you know, they he's an attorney, and she is actually, she has an urban planning degree, a master's degree, which I, I believe. Now, where do they meet? They met in Cleveland when she was working in Cleveland, and he was an attorney in Cleveland. And um, she actually builds stadiums. Oh, She's wow. in construction wow. and builds stadiums. Oh, wow. I wonder if she had anything to do with that debacle down on the uh, riverfront known as Paul Brown Stadium. No, where she the, just started where the Browns out. kicked the Bengals behinds. I heard on yeah. to sixteen. It was disgusting. <laughs> we, I heard about it at the airport that you could hear the shouts in the you know in the airport. <laughs> yes, yes. I was one of those people shouting. You probably hear me from 
in New York shouting from Cincinnati at the, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> tackle the guy. Yeah, so and it was also the New York Marathon when I was out there, but it was uh-huh. really beautiful, beautiful weekend. So 65. It's wonderful weather, uh-huh. sunny, uh-huh. and uh, the only thing that I regret so, is because the, I knew that each of the meals was going to be so enormous and huge, right. I didn't get to partake in, like, you know, the street food, the food and the right. pizza food, right. and I, I was really good in that So respect. did they have, like, uh, going away parting gifts? Usually uh, they usually have a bag of swag. We had we got a bag of stuff Some like swag. into your hotel. First, it ca- contained a COVID test. Oh, thank you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Just what I want. Some fruit, a, uh, a thing of Skyline chili, black Skyline. and white cookies, which were gone mm. as soon as I got them open. Um, <laughs> chocolate that that said uh, like I love New York. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, and pretzels with everything, like an everything bagel style pretzel. What so. are those things that uh, the uh, they used to have on Seinfeld? Those little uh, cakes. Remember the cakes that uh, Seinfeld used to like? I forget the name of those things. Were they moon pies? No, but they're made in New York. They're like these little cakes. I forget the name. I don't of them. know. But, but the black and white cookie was it, it was actually a good tradition. They're like a big. Those are like in New York. Yeah. They're like really big. And size. they have if they're the official big. ones are like soft and they have a taste a little. Sp- Sparkle of lemon in them. So that's exactly oh. what these were. These were yummy. Wow. Sparkle of lemon. Sparkle for of the lemon. black and whites. Huh? For the black and whites. Yeah. Oof. Just a sparkle. Mm. I mean, it's just, and the it's a cake. Yeah, it's a All right, get, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> so anyway. Let's, let's get the show on the road. Speaking of traveling. Yes, uh, our, yes, yes. Our cover today yes. is Portraits and Faith and the Jewish Cincinnati Bicentennial presenting an evening of art and music. And what this is, is there's a Cincinnatian who works at Procter & Gamble. His name is Daniel Epstein. And formerly, for eight, formerly of Procter & Yes, and for 18 years he has traveled the world and interviewed people about their faith. And he founded this organization, the, Fou- the Faith Foundation. I mean, he might still be at Procter I need to retract that. He might still be there. So I'm not and in addition at this event, so this is going to be on Saturday night, December 4th, because remember December 3rd at Adith Israel, Nishama. Carl Bach Friday is singing. Night, Friday She's night, bringing in Shabbat. Shabbat right, She's bringing right. in Shabbat this for Adith and anybody yeah. else who would like to join in. Yeah. yeah. Very everybody's excited everybody's about that. welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she is a six-time Grammy nominee. Um, and then on Saturday night. This they is are, Saturday night. This is Saturday night. They're having the Portraits of Faith with Nishama Karabakh and Daniel Epstein. It's at the summit. And also I want to remind everyone on Monday there is the Nevis Mountain is going to be. Uh, that's the one at Music Hall. So I mixed up yeah, the location. Yeah. Memorial, and, and it's at Memorial, Memorial Hall, Hall. Which is right next door to Memorial And remember $5 from every one of your tickets goes to Help Hope Live, which is the okay. organization that is helping our two two of our members in our community. Um, on page two, there is an ad. I just want to point this out. It right. says, Happy Hanukkah from Elizabeth Grace Home. So right. the ceramic candlesticks that they're showing here are by Mackenzie Child, which is a really interesting ceramic. Huh. It comes out of New York, and okay. each piece is very similar to Rookwood. Uh-huh. The artisan that creates these pieces, each one is underneath it has the artisan's name. Well, so just I like never Rookwood knew why they ca- So they ran this ad like last year. It's a and beautiful. And then they ran this ad again this year. It's beautiful I ceramic. Why. Now you've kind of yeah. let us know it's why. It's a very specialized, and when people who know Mackenzie Child okay. see that they know automatically it's a Mackenzie right, so Child. Because this well. issue is uh, the gift, gift guide. issue. This is gift mm-hmm. guide. So this issue's gift guide. Next week's gift guide, and the following week is Hanukkah. Hmm. So Hanukkah starts. We it comes out the twenty fifth, which is Thanksgiving. So four days later, which is what Monday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Monday night's the first yeah. candle lighting. Yeah. No Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday night, night of Sunday Thanksgiving night. weekend. Is first. Yeah, so you, so you got to get young so kids, so they're... 
I'm sure telling yeah, he you knows every, already. every day, every day of the week when they want those gifts. Yeah. Right, so you have to know that you have to not only get ready for Thanksgiving, but you got to get ready for Hanukkah because I've already yeah. done, I've started my shopping. I have shopping not done and, any shopping. I oh, need, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still debating some gifts, so, so I'm still going back and forth. I know we're buying a new dishwasher. Yeah. Because we need a new dishwasher. So no, not a dishwasher, sorry. Di- washing. A, a, a washing machine. Uh, so, Rabbi, machine. Rabbi, so I want to ask you, so yeah. this is going to be, we're going to talk a lot about beer in this particular episode. Very excited. Yeah, because you traveled in Israel this summer, and we'll get yes. to talk more about that. But let's say, for example, you have someone that you know has everything, and you don't know what to get them. Is Let's say you want to get them a beer or oh. a liquor. How about what, what would be if it was you receiving a gift? Yeah, what yeah. would you like someone to purchase as your gift in <laughs> terms of a beer? That's awfully kind of them. I, beers that I particularly like are going to be some some higher proof stuff. So barrel aged beers, especially mm. a barley wine, maybe mm. a, an imperial stout, uh, something along those lines. Did you say stout like a Guinness stout? Yes, yes. Uh, so Guinness, Guinness, Guinness is Guinness. Right, they're they're the the paradigmatic, uh, the, the paragon of dry Irish and that's stouts. Why, that's yes. what I drink. I drink Guinness. When yeah, I'm going to drink a beer. I drink a Guinness. It's a nice dry I Irish don't put stout. Hair on your. It does. On your hairs. It does. Absolutely. (laughs) Hair on your eyeballs. Yeah. Um, And beer can actually get pricey these days. Uh, There's some really fancy stuff. There's, uh, you know, stuff from Jackie O's. They have easily for $20 bottle. Um, Beer can get really expensive. Actually, a few years ago when I was still still doing beer blogging, so Sam Adams has three locations. People are very aware of their Boston location. They also have a location in Pennsylvania. But people don't know they also have a third location in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so they, uh, it was their one-year anniversary... It was yeah. their one-year anniversary of opening their new location, and they decided they would have a special event to celebrate this. This mm-hmm. was December 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they had this special beer that they produce every year. It's a winter beer. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. $200 for a bottle. Wow. For a 750 milliliter. The bottles, like empty a- bottles, sell for like $50. Oh, so you can do so I could, I So someone from the PR agency re- reached out to me, and I thought it was going to be a small little sample of this beer. It's a oh, $200. It's like the most expensive beer in really America. Send, they sent it to you? So I said, yeah, yeah, sure, here's my address. And I thought it was like, you know, it would be like a 50 milliliter, nothing. Well, they want you to promote it. I, which I did. I yeah, definitely yeah, wrote yeah, it up before yeah. and after, but yeah. it was, uh, I still, I still am in shock that 750 I. 750 that's like a little bit less than a liter. 250. Right. That, a, 750 a, milliliters, is a, that's how much, wines commonly yeah, in that, yeah, whiskeys, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So that was still to this day pretty shocking. But even a $20, $30 beers, you can easily find. Yeah. So what, one Hanukkah, I remember when I was a young girl, yeah. my mom bought my dad a beer-making kit. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And yeah. that was his Hanukkah present. He made beer down in the basement, and I rem- remember very fondly that I could still see the plastic jug that he every <laughs> Did he, he drink it? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he tried it. But I mean, well, you know, he's a chemical engineer, so it was uh, a lot right, of fun right, for right, him. Right, wow. right, right. Yeah, and w- so I, I brewed some batches of beer when I was in yeah. California. A couple of years ago, I brewed a couple of batches with a neighbor, and then last year happened, so we didn't. But one of my neighbor, one of my other neighbors was was I guess he got inspired, so he bought a whole bunch of equipment from Listerman Home, the, the right, home, uh, home yeah, supply. So guy too, yeah, yeah. So we'll, uh, you know, uh, home brewing might be on the the on deck for so me. So I did bring my favorite beer. I actually had it one time at a, uh, I think it was a water polo meet. We were at all the parents, and I said, "Well, just give me a mild beer," because as I say, wine, mm-hmm. liquor, it all tastes the same to me. So they me, came, yeah, me too. They, they came up and they they brought me this three one two and I Guinness. and I Guinness. said, oh well, this is really this is good. This is is good beer. And I said three one two. That's the area code for Chicago. They yep. go well. It's made in Chicago. 
It's made in Goose Island, and actually Melissa Brooke, my daughter, who became Melissa Zimmerman on Goose Island. She actually got married <laughs> on Goose Island. So this is, I, this is my favorite beer. Um, and so I brought that. Is it pretty mild? Or yeah, it's very mild. Does it have flavor? It's got flavor. Yeah, a little to bit. It. Of yeah, yeah. it tastes like beer. Well, on the on the like side beer. of it, it says it's bright, lemony, a bit of hazy. And Goose Island, they were they're a huge Chicago brewery, and a few years back, they were bought by Anheuser Busch. Uh, um, so that was that's like that the, was their acquisition spree. Yeah. So, so yeah, Goose, Goose yeah. Island used to be where a lot of the prostitutes hung hung out. Years oh, ago. Yeah. So so and now it's where microbreweries are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they cleaned it up. Yeah. yeah. So back to the paper. Right, right. On Page five, congregation. Well, you, you're, 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 I want to go to page three. Okay, you go to page three. Let's All right, so uh, Matt's Bakery has an ad, so you want to order your Thanksgiving and Hanukkah pies now. How did they um, start out advertising? I mean, I'm from Columbus, so I'm familiar with Matt's Bakery. They but, just called up one day and said, yeah. we want to put an ad in the Israelite. I'm like, okay. By wow. the way, the kosher That's butcher great. in Kroger, I believe, is closing yeah, yeah, in yeah. Columbus. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You're kidding me. No, no. Uh, a week and a half ago that was announced. Yeah. The kosher butchery at the one at the in the Whitehall Kroger, the the kosher Kroger in Columbus. Right, yeah. it's closing. Yeah, where's where are you going to get kosher? I'm meat sure at? they must be doing it through those Cincinnati. co-ops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be co-ops. The, the co-ops are probably. I was up the there, co-op. and you know what? I would stop in there and get a pizza there. Did you ever get a, a yeah. kosher pizza at that place? Yeah, so I, they might I still believe. sell the pizza. And Matt's they, is ba- Matt's is in so that Matt's place. is still going to stay there. Left. It's to the left. Yeah, Matt's is still going to be there. The, the kosher sushi counter is still going to be there. Right. I, I just pizza. And yeah, then, the, yeah, all that stuff is still going to be food, yeah. kosher meat. Well, where are people in Columbus going to get kosher meat then? I don't Costco know the details. Costco and the co-op probably. Yeah. I wonder if Costco and uh, well, also Trader Joe's has some, but it's. Mm-hmm. Not you know yeah it's all it's right insane. all right so also we want to mention the Hanukkah Bazaar which is Sunday November fourth so today is the tenth Sunday November fourteenth which is coming up this Sunday from nine to one the Addict Israel Congregation is having a the Sisterhood is having a Hanukkah Bazaar at Addict Israel so everybody go and buy some Hanukkah gifts yeah all right. I believe Daniel Epstein's going to be there too for his book I believe he's going to actually be there so. Anyway, Congregation Sheree Torah dedicates a new Charlie. playground, Gan Ayelet, that is in memory of the granddaughter right. of uh, the Fishers. Ayelet Yakira Galina. That's so it sounds like it's a beautiful, it beautiful is. playground. It's on the property of Share Torah. Torah. And, uh, and we wish it well. And It's nice. It really is. Um, so I go there every day for a minion for St. Kaddish for my mom. I usually go the evenings. Sunday morning, I usually go over Sunday morning, but um, yesterday I went there. I got there around, uh, it starts now at 5.15 because of the time change. I got there around 10 after 5, and there were like five or six kids playing on the <laughs> playground. And I was wow. like, huh, what, huh? And then I was like, oh, those kids are like playing on the playground. And I was like, this is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like so, ha- so happy to see these Daddy, kids playing. Daddy, when and he goes, can take the kids and yes. they play on the playground and mommy has some time alone. <laughs> Which is fine. Perfect. Which is yeah. fine. I don't, you know, but that's, you know, they used to have like a swing set and like a little bit of this and a little, some uh, a teeter-totter. But now they've got this big playground and the kids are using it from the neighborhood. They're going there. They want to go there. It's positive, and it's really, it's it's really a great thing. I, I was so happy to see these kids enjoying them. Frolic, 
frolicking and enjoying themselves. (laughs) Yeah, so a little bit behind the story. So I didn't really know all that much. Um, Back in September, though, during Sukkot, so Hindi Pupko, who was the mother of Ayelet, spoke at Shari Torah of what went into, what the inspiration behind it was. And back when they had her, when they had Ayelet, yeah. Which I don't know how many years ago this it, was about it predates five six years. It ago. was a while okay. ago because yeah. the entire community came and gave the entire community came and tried to give their um, cells. In fact, I tried to re-register recently, and they told me I've aged out. So yeah, wow. the, I remember the entire community came out. You went to the JCC and uh, it was really? a boat, bone oh, wow. marrow. Bone marrow, yeah. You, oh wow, I remember that. That was about. Mm-hmm. Five, six years ago, maybe seven, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. 12, I thought it was 12, okay. but go so on. Apparently, so apparently be, they... You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, so apparently they moved to Cincinnati during that time yes. for her treatments. Yes. As, yes. And yes, so did. what Hindi related to us was that they, they had all this time. They would come, and they really, out of a token... They really went out of a sense of appreciation, right. and also for families. Uh, and one of the interesting things about this article is it's not intended only for Shari Torah or anybody yeah, going there. It's, right. They meant... Yeah, for people in the, yeah. Though, right, yeah, right, the whole neat. neighborhood. And and yeah. and like so like yesterday these kids were all using it and I was like, This is great. <laughs> it was really great. I was really happy. Yeah. Playgrounds are important. Yeah. Yeah. So on page six, if you have the time, I absolutely recommend reading Kislev and Hylam and Hanukkah right. and bringing the light. And there's a two related articles. They talk about how you know in the winter things get dark and people start to, you know, I- I- internalize yeah. and get get go into their homes and Kind of regress from being, well, uh, you, yeah. The, the sunlight is like seven eighteen, I think, in the morning, and then it goes down at the days are six, very 18, short. It's like six eighteen, which is why it's so uh, important to go. Like it's that. why it keeps getting. It's a minute, a minute on the beginning and a minute on the end, shrinking up until I think it's around December. It's on the calendar, 21st. but it's like around December tenth or so, and then mm-hmm. it starts. So we're like in the closing of the year. And then it starts going back up again. Right, which, which is This so, is like the worst part of year. Right. And so that, it's, it's important for kids to get outside and get fresh air and adults also to be outside in the sunlight and walk. Yeah, so go mm-hmm. on, Rabbi. I was going to say, it's kind of funny. We think of the winter solstice as, you know, the 20th, 21st, thereabouts. But the, but it's a little bit off when we think about the earliest Shabbat, when the actually sunsets the it's earliest. It's like 5.02, like yeah, this it's a little week or next week. <laughs> it's like 4.59. Yeah. When, it become, when it's before 5 o'clock, mm. that's when you got to worry because yeah. you got to have everything ready for Shabbat by yes. like, Four something, four o'clock, and it's like we're weird. You know, you gotta work. You gotta leave work early. That's and then people, your bosses are like, you gotta leave work early for what? Shabbat? What's that? You know. Well, we have it easy here in Cincinnati. My my sister lives in Boston. It's an hour earlier there, so Shabbat comes in even before four in December. It's that's that's a lot rougher. Yeah, Yeah. that 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 would be rough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that is rough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing to appreciate about being out here in the western end of the time zone. That's absolutely. All right, um, so we're moving on to, you wanted to move on from national news to... Right, we were going to talk about, on page 12, Israel okay. welcomes individual tourists back into the mm. country, and it's perfect because Rabbi Drew was able to escape to Israel this summer yes. with his entire family. I guess you had a short notice, so give us a little of the How'd background. You, yeah, how did you so, get in during that? Okay, so there's, yeah. first of all, I mean, I'm happy to talk about the article itself, because I have my... Yes, but when we applied, so we initially had got tickets for the entire family for us to go, but 
when we realized the limitations, we could only take half of our kids, which we weren't going to do. So we got set, which we just put those tickets off and we got separate tickets for my wife, me and our 12 year old daughter who had been vaccinated. And at the time, so my mother-in-law, maybe in June, July went and visited and she followed a certain application process that oh. if you have at the time in the summer, it was either group trips, which I think the minimum was like five for a group trip. Okay. So or like they're still allowing like uh, group trips, like a, like a congregation exactly from dubuque iowa yes. or los angeles yes. the whole because that's their tur that's tourism dollars that's right a lot of, that's a lot of money that's a huge you. industry for sure <laughs> and then first degree relatives so not second not third only first degree relatives so fortunately my wife had a brother there and so my my uh -huh. mother-in-law went in june july she followed one application process sent it to the consulate in chicago e by email so we figured okay we're going early august we'll do that in july so we sent it off heard nothing for like a week so huh. we decided let's try the new york consulate so we get an, an auto responding saying oh you have to go to our website we've changed the procedures and it's no longer handled by this ministry it's actually now hand handled by the ministry of the interior we've changed our covid procedures for e even allowed to be to come into the country right, right so we so then we applied and then we kept following up and heard nothing ultimately what happened so we were going to go let's say on wednesday or thursday and we by Sunday, we started just reaching out on Facebook to friends. And ultimately, I'm going to spare you the details, but it was just one of those who you know things right. that someone was able to put us in touch with someone else who was able to expedite it or whatever. And also, at the same time, my wife's brother had was pestering people also in the Ministry of the okay. Interior okay. to get things moving on. It was a really frustrating process, and we only knew a few days in advance that we'd even be permitted to go. Uh, so I'm very glad that they've dispensed with that entire process because that's really annoying. Well, uh, it was stressful. It's also stressful. stressful. We didn't know. We didn't. We weren't right, back right. days in if advance. Wednesday, like, you're gonna leave if it's on Sunday, and you're leaving on Wednesday. You don't even know if you're leaving on Wednesday. Right. Every little. I got to go to the bank. I got to get traveler's checks. I got to shut down the mail. I got to do this. I got to do that. I gotta, oh, you know, all this. Actually, kids on, have got to go. I on mean, top got all of all this kind of stuff to deal with. On top of all that, so actually, our plan are we had Thursday morning tickets out of Chicago. So we decided we'd leave Wednesday, get a hotel in Chicago Wednesday right, night, right. and then Tuesday morning. We hear this news out of Israel that if you arrive that Friday or later from certain countries, America included, that you would have to have a seven-day quarantine right. even if you're vaccinated, 14-day non-vac. But now a seven because of the rise of Delta. We said, wait a second, we're only going to be in there for six days, and we arrive that day. So I get on the phone. I have to wait 50-plus minutes to talk with the airline, and it costs money to change it. So we moved it a day up. So that means we'd now be leaving Wednesday morning. And we'd have to leave. That, uh, this is Tuesday right, morning. We'd right, have to leave right. Tuesday evening to go to Chicago to fly out the next morning. Uh, you know, the, the punchline, of course, is at the end of all this is that we <laughs> we ultimately after the after right. I changed the flight there, they decided after all this international pressure, they moved it off to the next Wednesday. But you know what? We got an extra day in Israel, so it all worked out. But it, the whole process was crazy. It was annoying. Um Okay, with all of that having been said, for me, one of the really cool things about this is also dispensing with the sero serological text, test. So that, right. I think, is was really annoying because in right. addition, this does mention you still have to get that PCR when you deplane in Ben-Gurion, which is fine. Um, but is that the one where you swab your nose and then you do the little thingy with the... With the no, that's the, the PCR is the longer one. Yeah, the PCR is the longer oh. one. And we had to wait, I don't know how many... We knew already by the next morning that we were You're negative. Fine. We were fine. Um, but the serological test is you have to go to a separate medical center somewhere, get your blood drawn for antibodies and or whatever it was. Right. And I'm not, I, 
for some of us, for those of us who don't like needles, that was uh, not pleasant. You don't know, like, oh, see, my I body just, doesn't look too other. well. So when, yeah. so when you're about to get the needle or the shot, you just go, you look the other way, and you go, ah, and you uh, scream out loud, get it out of your system. Then they do the shot. Doesn't hurt a bit. I wish it were that easy. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it was still annoying that we had to find this place that was offsite, that I, place that I never would have gone to otherwise, and and then you still have to wait. And also, you had to get permission from the I don't know the Ministry of Health, a totally separate ministry, Ministry of Health, with a letter saying you are now free to move about the country. Which this is so much better, according to this article, that now you just need that negative PCR test well, and you're so good to go. I think Israel opened up November one, and then yeah. and then America opened up November eighth, which is. November 8th was Friday, Monday. Today's the 10th. So, yeah, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So this will yeah. uh, this will be a lot better for Thunder anybody Tuesday. going to Israel. So then you did a tour. You went around. I know you went oh, yeah. to breweries and yeah. all kinds of places because um, I listened to your podcast and you had you. a really w- one that was cute. You were at the beer I let the beer. It's called beer atenu. So it technically means our beer, but it's also play on words because in the Book of Esther it right. talks about it. It talks about the capital there as being the bira. And so it's 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 in Jerusalem. So it's a play on words that's both it's our Jerusalem, capital it's our beer. capital, right, and it's our beer, beer capital of beer. Yeah. So they they like to see, see themselves as the sort of the Jerusalem center of beer. So and then, yeah, and Biratina is really cool. I mean, look, Israel's probably a couple decades behind where America is uh, in beer, but they have a really cool brewer there who's doing some interesting stuff. I had a mushroom well, I, beer. Well, I've been to Mar- he's been to America. Yeah, yeah. And he I'm sure he's he, he knows, knows what's happening over right, here. But most of the breweries in Israel are not doing as cool stuff. Yeah. They have their IPAs and their stouts and whatever. They're starting to do some sour beers, but he it was a mushroom beer, some really crazy a pickle stuff. Pickle beer. Oh, and a pickle beer, pickle right? Beer, yeah, yeah, for hangover. So uh, Izzy's yeah. had a pickle beer. In fact, I in one of really? these boxes is a, uh, a can <laughs> of pick. They gave it to me when they did the press release. They wow. said, "Here's a," and it was like pickle beer. Somebody made it for him. Izzy's yeah. pickles with some beer, and I've got it in one of these things. Is <laughs> pickle beer. I'm uh, not going to drink that stuff. So yeah, so that that episode we discussed what's been going on during the pandemic. Yeah, and how the various uh, the whether breweries or whomever Design how they've delivery. adjusted. Yeah, yeah so they've had to do a lot more packaging versus in store uh, purchasing. Yeah, so yeah. that was very interesting. So other, so you you also went to to you saw some other things in Israel and you traveled about. So you were there only for seven days. Uh, not even we we're like it's really six hard. days, it's really so we hard to do, do Israel. You, it's like so, you need like two weeks, I right? Think. So what we did it was very simple. We spent the weekend with my wife's brother's family. It was nice to hang out with them. Then right. we spent a few days in Jerusalem, which mostly yeah. just hanging out with friends and seeing some stuff. Um, it was really more casual, but connecting with people. So and hopefully we'll have a longer trip when we actually have all of our kids. We just felt bad leaving for more than a week with taking only our oldest one. Yeah. So yeah, and then. Um, as far as that goes, what did you see? What was it different during the yeah, what pandemic was the, what was the versus what normally, what, was, what, was, what you normally would see going on? Yeah. Was, does it seem like less people because there was? The strangest thing was in Jerusalem, just hearing a bunch of Hebrew. Because normally, especially in August, mm-hmm. I'm used to hearing not only English, but French and mm-hmm. all sorts of languages. And here it was, you know, we one thing that we did visit we've never been to before was the City of David. Oh. Um, that was really neat. All their different archaeological. Yeah, exactly. Ir David. All their archaeological excavations is really fascinating stuff. Stuff going back to the second and even first temple times. Really right, fascinating. Right, right. Yeah. And... Uh, while we were there, again, we heard lots of Hebrew, which uh, tour groups in Hebrew. And apparently what's been going on is the country's really been inc- – Israelis like to travel. Yeah. And also they really have a tourism yeah, industry yeah. that 
doesn't have a lot of tourists, as we see in this article. It talks mm. about the numbers. So they've been encouraging people from all sorts of different parts of Israel to go visit other parts of Israel. You live in the north, come visit Jerusalem. You, you're in one part, go right, to tell right, whatever right. it is, and go check out other places. So we had, it was really fascinating to see these groups from other parts of Israel. Well, it's so, also what I like about it. It's just it's, it's Jew, you're like surrounded by Jews, and it's mm-hmm. just all Jews, and it's yeah. It's all Jewish, and it's just so... Yeah, a lot of pushing and opinions. Well, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. But so, it's still, it's like Jewish, and yeah. it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's like... Like family. Yeah, it is. So interestingly, yeah. and I've mentioned yeah. this a number of times on a podcast, we did Melissa, our daughter Melissa's bat mitzvah on Ir David. Oh. Because we said girls, her and her Israeli best friend, at that time, the Avasars, their daughter, Shaked, they did... Uh, they sang the Book of Ruth. They did it at Yavna before we left, and oh, then nice. they did it on Ir David, which is where supposedly King David is buried, hmm. and uh, and the Book of Ruth is his. She's his grandma, if I'm not wrong. There's a re- yeah. There's a relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, and so the family that we we had the, the party at, we were we brought in on armored cars because <laughs> and there was guards always at the top. Wow. And we left in armored guards, and then um, unfortunately, like a day or so later, was when the Sparrow Pizza bombing was. So oh, wow. we did the party in um, at te- in Tel Aviv at the Carlton, I think it was called. Wow. But yeah, so the party was there, but the girls actually sang up on. Um, that was 20 it, years ago. That's that definitely, yeah, I was wondering why the all the guards, but yeah. that was a tense time. Yeah, so Melissa's now 32. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And we did it when she was 12. Anyway, so back back to this uh, Israel and touring right, and, and wonderful. Right. So it was wonderful you got to go. And who took care of the other children while you were My up? mother-in-law took oh, care of our younger nice. three. So we felt bad leaving for more than a week. But hopefully the next time we return, we'll be able to take all of them, spend more time. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's always a great time to go to Israel. <laughs> so on the next page, it talks about the International Jewish uh, Jerusalem Marathon went on recently. and yes, they had twi- and who was the female winner? I didn't read. The, the Beatty Deutsch. Oh. oh. And they're related. <laughs> yeah. No, and we, have, we, interviewed <laughs> last, we interviewed last week. I saw this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, we interviewed last week Alex Gold. No, no, oh. she was the winner of the half. She, yeah, oh, okay. So winner we interviewed last week, and it's going to be on next week on the 17th, oh, um, posted. Alex Gold, the winner of the Cincinnati yes. uh, Flying Pig Marathon, a well, nice Jewish boy from he re- Chicago. He really is just a, it was wonderf- a dying, wonderful guy. It was a oh, dying, yeah. yeah, we're going to add it on to the 17th, our yeah. podcast from the 17th, when Ted and I are both gone. It's actually, it's, the 17th is my wedding anniversary. I've been oh. married 37 years, and I, but I'll unfortunately still be in Chicago. Thank you. And So um, what are you getting for your... I did it already, so I actually brought the... Give him a gift? I gave him a gift I already. Need get, I need to get a gift for the wife. Well, this is fit. what I did. I had his <laughs> I had his car detailed, and I had the most oh, his wonderful car company. No, you can't bring that up with I had this No, one. you're not giving that a free plug. Well, anyway. No, just say he had his car detailed. I had his car detailed. Well, that's nice. A, bit, a full wax and a wash. It was beautiful. So this, this young... It doesn't have cigar smell in there, does it? No, he doesn't he smoke should, cigars. Yeah, so I'm going to have to give him cigars. back those cigars, so he's got a little... Cigar smell in there. So if anyone wants to know who I used, it <laughs> no, was a wonderful you young no, you man out of Dayton no. that comes with a truck with his no. water and everything. And it wow. was really nice. It was a nice gift. I also had Daniel's car detailed. Yeah. Um, and when I I had to take his somewhere else because he had dog hair in his car. And I had to take it to somewhere that had like one of those supersonic vi- vacuums. And the guy said to me, this car is a disaster. But <laughs> it looks brand new now. So while they were both hiking in Utah, that was the, uh, the anniversary gift for both of them because it's Daniel's anniversary as well. Oh, wow. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the bottom part of the page. The, what, 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 what? 
It's about the Israelite, the, the podcast. Oh, yes. That's where we had Rabbi Sh- uh, Moshe Schmolkin last right. week. It was really fun, too. <laughs> do you often do, like, whole half-page promotions of the yes, podcast? Yes, so you'll episodes? be in next week, possible. too. Awesome. As much yeah. as Very possible. Exciting. Definitely, as much as possible. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. All right, so this is the uh, gift guide, 2021, and uh, we have a lot of different uh, advertisers um, and a lot of positive stuff. So if you're looking and thinking about a gift which I am constantly uh, coming up with gifts for the person that has everything. Um, not everything, but, you know, it's almost. Uh, so there's a lot of good gi- gift ideas, too. So there's a funny article on page 17. It says, "'Tis the season of holiday gift misfires and yes. chasti- ch- chastened realtors." So I have to tell you, this one shows a retailers, pillow. Retailers. Retailers. So this one shows a pillow as, why is this night different from all other nights? Happy Hanukkah. So there is on Instagram, um, and although I try to stay off social media, of course I had to run on there and look because I actually had one I'm gonna, I posted on there. It's called Hanukkah Fails. And um, I have one that I was actually going through looking for Hanukkah presents for different people. So here is Santa's workshop with a Hanukkah thing. I, I saw that. In fact, someone <laughs> emailed me this thing. Yeah. Uh, I posted it on our Instagram. No, I got something from some news. I get this news release stuff constantly every day. And it was like something about Santa and, and work- Hanukkah. I'm yeah. like. Do these people know what they're talking about? <laughs> yeah, what? so for $40 on Amazon, you can get Santa with a menorah, and he's wearing a tallit. Okay, wow. so do these? somebody should tell them about Hanukkah Harry. You've heard about Hanukkah yeah. Harry. And how about the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler? Right. Everybody loves that song. I mean, I'm shocked by especially this picture right here. This, you wonder who's creating these. That it may, you know, it's one thing to create an idea, but then you make it all the way. You're actually producing these products. You're spending the resources, and no one bothered to check with people, and then which is just shocking. Well, there's nobody Jews on staff. At that place. They didn't know a no. Jew. Like, ask no. a Jew. Phone a Jew. Call like, a rabbi. Yes. Phone a Jew. Yes. Phone a Jew. So, on our letters to our yes, editor in our yes. corrections. So, first of all, uh, Leonard Horowitz. And actually, he's not from Dayton, Ohio. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. But he must be living in Dayton now, yeah, is he? He worked up there, but he was a doctor there. But right. um, he actually lives in Cincinnati. That's a mistake. So, he wrote complaining, and we talked about this last week on the she podcast. Did. So, the the title of Bob Wilhelmy's right, article was right. a Reuben even kosher diners can right, can we right. specified that can qualified right. love but unfortunately in the article it actually does say <laughs> um, there is a new Reuben in town and it's kosher so so it's kosher style we love Bob Wilhelmy um, but yes. yeah call call a Jew would help but he, and anyway you've corrected it <laughs> call your boss call Ted call <laughs> Ted. Well, he's yeah. a great he is. He food, is. restaurant he reviewer. A job and, but mm. there's a difference between kosher, certified kosher, and kosher style. Let's so, kind of make that distinction. So you may read that correction out loud, Ted. Oh, okay. Mm. So in the November 4th issue of the American Israelite, Volume 168, Number 17, in Dining Out on page 22, the Fish Reuben Sandwich at Sacred Beast Diner, OTR, was referred to as kosher, and it should be a. It should have been called kosher style. Yes. We apologize for the error. <laughs> so. Oh, there's also another letter from the editor to, from a David Frankel, whose father was Max Frankel. Many people may remember Max Frankel ran the Bureau of Jewish Education. I don't know if you. I went there, and I would get books from him. Yeah, I don't. Um, he passed away, and uh, this is a 
a story about David growing up in Cincinnati and just all this stuff. I, I lived this. Um, he's roughly my age, and I lived all the stuff he's talking about, but he talks about Roselawn. And I, I actually, my first job was working at Bilker's. Um, he talks about Bilker's, which is now right across from Amma's. It's uh, like a church or something now. Um, but I worked at Bilker's. I was a stock boy with uh, Donnie Dell. Right. He was your boss. He was my <laughs> boss. <laughs> so Rabbi Shlomo Riskin <laughs> is doing uh, his Parsha, Shabbat Parsha. Uh, Yetzi. And I, w- the one thing I did like is that he talks about how, it, you know, we're talking about the season of light, Hanukkah, how it shines a bright light on this. But, it, you know, it really has nothing to do with the story, but it was just the way the commentary was said. All right, so on page 20 from the pages, we are at Jewish Bicentennial, and each week the American Israelite will print one milestone related to the history of the Cincinnati Jewish community over the last 200 years, provided by the Cincinnati Jewish Bicentennial Committee. Uh, Each milestone weaves Jewish history within the greater context of our community's development and our country at large. So this is 1854. Rabbi Isaac Mayer Wise is given a lifetime contract to assume the pulpit of the then traditional congregation. This is, underline that, traditional congregation, K.K. Bene Yeshurun, now Isaac Mayer Wise Temple. So it changed, it's changed. He envisioned a new form of American Judaism that would modernize traditional Jewish customs and observances. So he had a vision in his mind, and he, over the course of time, um, acted upon that vision, acted upon that vision. Hmm. So, interesting. So this week, um, a child, a ladies' column from 125 right, right. years ago, A Child's Odd Prayers. Cornhill has an article on children's theology, which is full of good things. Several have already gone the round of the papers and all suggest that this branch of the now fashionable child study will be seducely cultivated in, I have no idea, (laughs) magazine-dom, then here to fro. Here are a few specimens. Remember, once again, that this was written in 1895, and the way they wrote then and spoke was a little bit different than we do colloquially. Mm -hmm. Jackie longed, um, above all things, for a bicycle, longed and prayed, too, that someone, his godmother for choice, would give him one. Every day he came downstairs hoping to find the machine (laughs) of his prayers in the hall. At last, something came, but it was a tricycle. And God, Mama, laying in ambush to be witness of the child's raptures, heard instead a heavy sigh. And, oh, God, I did think you would would have known the difference between a bicycle and tricycle. Once, when he had been so exceedingly naughty that his mother almost despaired of him, she told him he must pray to God to make him a better boy. Accordingly, he began with the usual formula— Pray God, make me a good boy, adding after a pause. And if at first you don't succeed, try again. <laughs> try, try again. <laughs> yeah. Try, try again. All right. So uh, moving yeah. on to 50 years well, ago. Well, 100 years, okay, 100, go ahead, 100 years ahead, ago, I just want to point out this ad. So it says a black caracal trimmed coat. So what a caracal is, it's an Asi- Asian sheep. In everyday language, it's <laughs> called a <laughs> curly <laughs> lamb. So for anyone who wants to know what it is, it's actually a curly lamb. Yeah. Well, it's eighty nine fifty to two seventy five. Yeah, and that's nineteen twenty one. Yeah. That's like be curly 20, lamb is twenty thousand dollars today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, in seventy five years ago, apartment wanted, reward <laughs> gladly given, being evicted, <laughs> desire four or five room apartment AB twenty six twenty November fourteenth nineteen forty. So 
strangely, they've been evicted, but you think that someone's going to want to run to them after they've been evicted? So. Good, good point. All right, so 50 years ago, Dr. and Mrs. I. Leonard Bernstein That's announced a- the... What? That's Miriam Bernstein. I know, I know. Announced the bar mitzvah of their son, Jonathan Bernstein, on Thanksgiving Day, November 25th at 9.30 a.m. at Adith Israel Synagogue, Ridge and Gabbroth Roads. It doesn't say anything about Kiddush. Oh. So maybe you had to be invited. Yeah, maybe that was one that had <laughs> cards. It doesn't say no cards either. So no cards means no invitations. Right. So. And also 50 years ago, and I, I don't know if I was at that bar mitzvah. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gerd Buckheim. Take great pleasure in announcing the forthcoming bar mitzvah of their son, Gary Buckheim, Saturday, November 13th at 9 a.m. at New Hope Synagogue, 1625 Crest Hill Avenue. Relatives and friends are cordially invited to worship the family and attend the Kiddush and Viennese table following service. So you remember Gerd Buckheim was the pastry chef. Master chef. Pastry chef, and yeah. they he was from Europe, prob- probably Vienna, but they ended up in South America before they came here. So they had an interesting, and they had a they had Buckheims in Blue Ash, and they had the most amazing. Well, before it was in it was on Lasanaville. That's a relative. Uh, that no, was the re- no, that was that was him. That, that was, was him Buckheim too, Bakery. Yeah, okay. and then he then he went to. Mark's they separated out. They had two Buckheims though for a while. There was one in Gulf Manor that was closer. That was that was his. And then they had one in I was for, it was right in Montgomery, the, and then it went to Blue Ash, and yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. That was them. That's all family. In fact, I have a story. One Shabbat dinner, I went there to pick up pastries before Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And um, my oldest son, Lauren, comes downstairs later in the day, and he's filled with chocolate all over his face. All <laughs> and he says, he was all of three years old, and he says to me, Mommy, you don't have to worry. Tonight's dessert is going to be just delicious. I tasted each one. <laughs> and I opened the refrigerator, and he had taken a bite out of each pastry. <laughs> wow. Those are the one most wonderful stories. Yes, that's a wonderful story. I guess he got a little uh, pachi on the toki. I think. No. no, no. Oh, you were so happy about that. No, like, what let I, me just cut the side off. That's that pretty you much ate. what I did. Yeah, just cut that off. Well, someone ate the half that you're not eating, but you can eat that half. He didn't gum that or lick it. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, okay. I didn't get mad. I laughed. So anyway, 25 years ago, at a recent annual meeting of the board of directors of Yavin Day School. Thank the outgoing president of the board, Mark Goldstein, and welcome the new president, Dr. Jeffrey Zipkin. So Mark Goldstein, I believe he lives in Boston now. And I was actually on the board of directors when Jeffrey was president. It was a great time to be at Yavna. It was really when we were thriving and growing, very much so. As his friends know him and love him, we call him the Zippy, the Zipmeister. (laughs) (laughs) Zippy. And they love our podcast. That's for you, Zippy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so 10 years ago, this struck yes, my, yes, uh, this, yes. this caught my attention about BBYO, the, the region of, of KIO BBYO's uh, offices. It's funny because right, right. when I started in the mid 90s, it was in Indian, it was in Indianapolis. And then it really just goes, it's funny because it talks about it, it moving to Columbus and Louisville. And now it's coming back to where it's been for decades in Cincinnati. But it really just went around to wherever. I guess, I don't know if it was a funding issue or whichever federation or whomever. I mean, clearly here it's the Marison Foundation was funding uh, the it to be here. 
And so uh, this was really fascinating that they they were talking about how it's Cincinnati, but it really just bounces around, whether right, it's Indy, right. Louisville, Columbus. So BBYO so. stands for so B? Right. Bay Brith Youth Organization. There right. You go. And you it's go. funny because even though they, about 20 years ago, they, they basically separated from B'nai Brith, at least in a formal capacity. And, uh, and KIO stands for Kentucky, Indiana, and really Southern Ohio, as Northern Ohio has their own And now the region. leadership is uh, Pam Sakes' son. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Kevin Sakes Kevin is Sakes it. is running it. All right, so, so I'm, also, wait, go Yeah, ahead. go on. Go no, you go, no, go, 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 go. Right, so I had one from 10 years ago. When John Fox speaks about rock and roll, he speaks with pride. That's because Fox, a member of the greater Cincinnati Jewish community, has found dozens of Jewish connections to 1950s and 60s rock. Jews were associated with the best rock music in history, he boasts. On Sunday, December 4th, Fox will be performing with his all-Jewish rock band, The Four Hubcaps, at a benefit event for Cedar Village Retirement Community, for only the second time, the band will perform its Jewish repertoire, a show featuring songs made famous by Jewish singers, songwriters, managers, and producers. So, John mm. Fox, uh, bless, bless, a blessed memory, mm. and Oscar Jarnicki, a blessed memory, and then also uh, David Stonehill was in the band. I forget who the drummer was, but that was like uh, the Four Upcops, and they used to play at a lot of Jewish events. Really, we hmm. miss them. Yeah, hmm. they used to play. They were pretty good. Actually, yeah, it was a great band. Good. Yeah, wow. great band. Good band. So on page twenty-four, our yep. Gail Schindler has a great uh, plan for Thanksgiving. One of the things that she tells you is to start now because yes. of those d- delays and things that are missing because of you know the pandemic. Right. She also says don't skip breakfast. You should eat something light that day because even <laughs> if you save your appetite, you know you still should. Eat light. Um, she talks a lot about ideas for cooking green beans and Brussels sprouts and also root vegetables. Now, the one thing that she does talk extensively on is gelatin, which there's always a problem with kosher versus non-kosher gelatin and okay, whether so it let's works. Get, let's get a ruling from the rabbi. Well, this was I'm, – I'm not going to go into it, but it was <laughs> fascinating of her actually saying that that the conservative movement is okay with uncertified gelatin, which is fascinating. Um the conservative movement does some interesting stuff, and so that was fascinating. I mean, look, orthodoxy, right. it still needs to be kosher certified, and, and there's other stuff in America. Is there any gelatin that's kosher certified? How, how, oh, yeah, you can get kosher. There's this okay. stuff yeah, 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 you can yeah. buy, and it's, it yeah. doesn't oh, I've always. Got, I've got some of Yeah, that it doesn't always work house. as well, but it's a good substitute. But the problem mm. is it's also for vegetarians, you don't eat gelatin because that comes from a horse hoof. So, uh, so the, some I think some, yeah, you can also get it from fish. But vegetarians don't eat fish uh, either. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But she does have a whole thing. In fact, I've already get, got ordered my turkeys and gotten everything. I've lined uh-huh. up my recipes. I know what I need, and uh-huh. I will be pre-ordering very similar to what she suggests here. Okay. So uh, okay. it's really important. And then on our advice column with Dr. Ruth Nemzoff, right, right. I can really relate to this. And one of the things that she says in her answer, it talks about uh, a woman whose son has married uh, an Episcopalian girl, right. and they've kind of written off Judaism. And one of the things that she says, her answer is, your story is not new to me either, as many others in the grandparents' generation have told me how hard it is to repair the damage from two different perspectives when your children marry outside even during a conversion, it, it's a hard thing mm-hmm. to do to get used to it. And she said, you know, we, and this was a great way to put it because I didn't think about it. Why is it, what does it seem, because we're, some of us are trying, feel like we need to preserve the Jewish people. Right. And that was something that, right. I mean, I think she put it in a way that was really lovely. So we're trying to save the Jewish people, um, but um, at the same time, we don't want our children to feel judged. And so it's, I thought her, her responses to okay. this were very, very good. Very good. Um, 
Okay. You know, it is something you have to get over if it is because you don't want to lose okay. your children. Mm-hmm. It's right, not so, worth that. All right. In business, uh, the bagel man, John Marks, is now at the coffee man at the Point Arc. And we've, uh, we're going to run this a couple of months ago, but we just didn't have the time or the space because of the seri- Diane Hoffheimer series. Yeah. But now uh, it runs, and there is a picture of John, who we all dearly love. He's now making coffee. Okay. All right, so we get the death notices and um, obituaries. Yeah, so for me, it was uh, Faye Simon is right, right here up at the top. She was a resident of Cedar Village, and I got to know her. She, I, I would say that she loves Yiddish, and it was hard to ever have a conversation with her in which Yiddish was not in some shape or form ever mentioned. What, I still remember my first conversation with her in which she talked about how important Yiddishkeit is and how young people should be taught Yiddishkeit, and she was talking about how her how big her music collection of Yiddish music was and oh, how wow. she really wanted to share it and have events for the residents. And uh, for her, Yiddish was very important, which actually is, for me, the most shocking part about this obituary for her, in which it really animated her in her life. And Yiddish isn't mentioned She's- at very, she, you know, she grew up in Bridgeport, Connect, but it said mm-hmm. she graduated from Smith College. Mm. Smith College is a very exclusive uh, female school. It's like the mm. Harvard of the East Coast oh, for wow. female colleges. Wow. You know who's going to college there? Oh. Uh, Abby um, Schneider. Oh, wow. Is at Smith College. That's great. It's a very, very exclusive college. Well, I can tell you her daughter, Lori Simon, is very brilliant. And her very grandchildren bright. also. I remember them going through school were very yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So, so what was – what? tell us uh, something, you know, about Faye and some way she moved you as chaplain. I mean, look, she, she loved her Yiddish stuff, and for her that was really important to her and her identity. What, what was really um, – really – was every conversation, and even if she didn't explicitly mention Yiddish, she would always say Zeigesund when you're leaving. And she actually had she she always kept this around in her her apartment was this license plate. I guess it was her husband's license plate that literally says Zeigesund. And how for, did she? She must have got that from like State of Ohio. No one knew what the, what they probably she would write, write the Zeigesund. It's and they, they made the they would make a license plate for you if no yeah. one else had it. No one else in Ohio had the Zygazunt <laughs> license plate. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was, uh, it was she, she was always very excited to show that off and, and yeah, talk to people yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, I will say, so I, I, I guess I was one of the last people on earth to, to see her. It was oh. um, the day before uh, the Rabbi Scheidel had come in. He did V-Joy with her. He let me know about her condition. So the next morning I stopped in and, uh, and so th- there was a hospice nurse there. And right. so I, I, I said Shema and, and via Hafta, but I preface by saying, you know, Faye, I know this isn't Yiddish, but, and then I, I did my spiel. So the hospice nurse then turns to me and says, what's Yiddish? And I said, oh, you don't know Yiddish. Oh, for Faye, Yiddish is so, it, you know, it's, it's her favorite thing in her life. And I pointed, there was a, a Yiddish music CD off to the side. I said, that's, a, that's Yiddish. And for Faye, Yiddish is so important. And I left. I, I, I then actually texted Lori. I said, I just saw your mom. And then she told me she just heard that she passed. So it was, oh. I was, it was really like moments later that that happened. So that was, uh, I haven't had anything as dramatic as that happening, that sort of boom, boom. But, yeah. um, but Yiddish was, was really important. And, mm. and uh, so for me, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't mention any Yiddish there, but she loved her Yiddish. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you want to do the death notices and we'll do. Okay. So Daisy Katan, knee 
Rahima, mm-hmm. age 93, November 8th, 2021, 4 of Kislev, 5782. Uh, Bernard L. Koff, age 94, November 2nd, 2021, 27, Heshvan, 5782. May their memories be for a blessing. What is that? Is that your, uh, is that your thing for the Israelite calling it Heshvan rather than Mar Heshvan? Oh, see, I didn't know. Is it Mar Heshvan or yeah, yeah. Heshvan? So it's actually called Mar Heshvan. I'm ah, happy to send so, you something okay. about it. Yes. So it's actually so it's actually called Mar Heshvan. Right. And at some point, I don't know when, I don't know which rabbis got a got hold of shortened. it. Hold, so what they hold that thought. So they came up with their own their own explanation of the etymology. They said, "Oh, why is it called Mar Heshvan? Mar in Hebrew means bitter." They say, "Ah, oh, it's called it, the reason this month is called bitter." Is because it has no holidays. We're coming off of this this whole tea train, which we had all of these just chock full of holidays, and now we're in a month devoid of any holidays whatsoever. So, so it's very bitter. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's just a folk etymology that pops up okay, much later. Okay. It really actually comes from it, it's it, it's um, kind of like Akkadian, but we, you can kind of hear it a little bit in the Hebrew. So Marach Shvan is kind of like Yerach Shemini. Which literally translates to eighth month. So right. Mar calling it Mar Cheshvan is that's the real name because it literally means eighth month because it's the eighth month in our calendar, and uh, but because of this sort of folk etymology that pop- popped up about oh it's so bitter we're devoid of holidays we're we're gonna drop the Mar and just call it Cheshvan but that it it's not it's not really a thing it's it's really Mar Cheshvan. Right, so I don't know uh, if that was an intentional no, omission good. of the so Mar. So Bernard Koff is. The father of uh, Cheryl Bernstein. I didn't. Re- I didn't know yeah. that. So she was Cheryl Koff originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a big friend of the American Israelite. Yes, I remember from so, when I was your bookkeeper. Yeah, she's she's a very nice, wonderful person, and we wish her uh, so sorry for her loss. Yes. And the yeah. family's loss. So on the back page, of course, support your local gift shop. They're right, all the right, gift shop. Right. Uh, and now you are going to do your horrendous. Bad joke of In the fact, week. In fact, we don't have the bad joke of the week because <laughs> I don't think there is a bad joke here. Yes, there is. Oh, there is. Hold on, on there, page there is. 21. Yeah. This is from the Encyclopedia of Jewish Humor from Biblical Times in the Modern Age, compiled and edited by Henry D. Spalding. Bad joke of the week. <clears throat> Ask former Judge Aaron Stern of Peekskill, New York, the, the strangest traffic alibi he ever heard, and he'll tell you this one. It was a busy. It was a busy Friday afternoon during the height of the tourist season in the Catskills. I was presiding at court, rather bored with the varied and sometimes wild excuses given by the defendant. Suddenly, the rear doors flew open, and in walked a determined motorcycle cop and a protesting civilian. This man testified the officer was driving sixty miles an hour on the wrong side of the highway. Could you see the white dividing line, I asked? Sure, I saw it, retorted the offender, but I thought it was sour cream. <laughs> Lucky he wasn't killed. He was on the wrong side. Yeah, maybe he was just so, like, so uh, inebriated. Yeah. Maybe. He, he didn't know what he was doing. He ate or too much yeah. food in the Catskills. He's too much food in the Catskills. That's what it is. Okay. It's been great having our special you, guest Rabbi. host. Always, as always. Thank you. We love it when you're here. Our resident rabbi. Resident yeah. rabbi. Yes, <laughs> yes, resident yes, rabbi. Yes, yes. And uh, and next week we are We're off. off. But We're we want we want to thank to Rabbi and we want to thank all of our listeners for listening. So, all right. Uh, we wish you all and, well. Uh, Have yes, a couple good weeks yes, and we'll yes, catch yes. you on the other side. Yes, we will. All right.
Thank you. 